Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from Seven Sisters Homeschool.com and brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'm Sabrina, and I'm here with Vicki and our wonderful special friend we've had the privilege of interviewing before on the podcast, Connie Albers, author of Parenting Beyond the Rules. Hi, Connie. Hi, Connie. Hey, ladies. It's good to be with you again. We are so glad you made time for us and all the seven sisters. I love you guys. And uh, we're excited to talk about motivation today. So Connie's book, A Parenting Beyond the Rules, talks about motivating teens as it's weaved into the, the whole story. But Connie's just a master of storytelling. And we thought we could do illustrations of motivating teens just from stories in life, but also her very excellent suggestions. So Connie, first start a little bit of, and remind everybody about your family's homeschool journey, and then let's just hop in there. Okay. Um, I'm a mama of five children. We have five children in seven years. They are now all adults. We homeschooled from kindergarten through 12th grade for the all of the children. And when we turned the tassel of the very last one, you know, I was I was excited. Uh, I did not my caboose, so to speak, wasn't my easiest. He kept me in the hot seat till the very last paragraph of AP American Government, and I thought, wow, uh, I felt like I graduated. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I have five very different learners, five very different temperaments. I have three boys and two girls. Three are married. I do not have any grandbabies yet. Um, I'm praying that kind of happens soon. I would love to have some of those. <laughs> um, but no, it was a delight. Homes, it wasn't always easy. I learned so much. And I think that's why God has had me say, I want you to turn around with your hands stretched out to the moms that are in the trenches. And they're wondering, one, is it worth it? Two, can I make it? And how do I actually do it? So that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Awesome. That's exactly what Seven Sisters Homeschool is all about, is big sisters turning around and extending hands to those in the trenches. So we are glad to have you with us. And I have to just add this in. Your listeners are so blessed to have the, the knowledge, the passion, the love for them that you guys so beautifully display. It is It is such a gift. And I know your listeners are just eager to hear the things you have to say, because it is, it's full of wisdom, it's full of experience, it has perspective, and perspective of, hey, this is what I'm doing today, but no, it's the perspective of, you know, I tried this with this one child, and it didn't work so well, or I tried it with this one child, and and I found these results, so your listeners are just blessed by the work that you do ministry that you have. Well, I Thank tell you, you, I'm feeling the love. And, you know, one of the things that... Uh, a little misty-eyed. I know, right? <laughs> when, when we met Connie at the two-to-one conference, we spent a couple of conferences together. She is one of the most gracious listeners that yeah. I have ever met. Like if you are sitting in a group or around the dinner table, she listens to every single person. And then find something to build mm-hmm. into that person. I, and it has just been such a blessing. So I see that motivating spirit in her, which is a great segue. It's to- a great segue. <laughs> so let's talk about when your kids were kids and you were learning through mom fails as well as mom successes to, to motivate yes. them. Well, you know, it's funny because every child needs to be uh, needs a picture of what could possibly be for them, you know, and, 
And what are what are their future uh, possibilities? What do they actually have that they can contribute to society, to the family? Um, what can they do to make themselves actually feel good about themselves? Because during the teen and tween years, some children are full of confidence. <laughs> Sometimes they have too much. But there's a lot of them that are really wrestling with who I am. Why am I here? What am I supposed to do? I don't have anything unique. I don't have anything special. I can't sing. I can't act. I can't play sports. I can't play the piano. I, I'm just, I'm just not really anything. I don't understand algebra. And that, that essay prompt that you give me, I just stare at the blank page. Well, that's the opportunity for us as mothers, as their, as their primary teachers for many homeschoolers, it's the mamas. But the exciting thing is the motivating comes by way of studying and then spitting out what we see in a way that builds their confidence, in a way that gives them glimmers of hope of what they can do if they're willing to put some time and effort in developing and cultivating their talent or their gifts. So when we talk about motivating our children, so many times our children's like they struggle without like mine struggled with geometry proofs. I don't know if anybody else here oh my goodness. can understand that, but those geometry proofs, I, I would go to my husband so many times and say, why are these even needed? <laughs> these just, they don't, can we just yeah. skip them? Um, because they were frustrating for me. And I'm, I'm not a math person, though I love numbers. I just love data, not necessarily number crunching. And yeah. so I, <laughs> so I, I started realizing what they needed because I would say certain things thinking, and, and, and you know, many times we say things thinking what we're trying to do is be a help and an encouragement, which of course that's what we're trying to do. We're not, we don't want to def, you know, deflate our children, but we'll say these little things like, oh, it's so easy, you can do it. And we think that that is encouraging. Or we say, oh, it's simple. All you have to do is X, Y, and Z. And I started to realize very early on, every time I'd say, oh, it's easy or it's simple. I was communicating to them, you must be dumb because it's not easy and it's not simple to me. I started to realize many times we do that thinking we're trying to encourage them that, you know, oh, all you have to do is this and and you'll see the light bulb will go on. But reality is it's only easy because we understand. It's only simple because we know how to do it. And our children, that moment hasn't come where it has become easy or it has become simple. Learning is hard. Higher academic levels, like the high school years, the workload is much, much harder. The kids have to become better at time management. They have to become better at deeper level of thinking. And when we, it's kind of like taking hot coals and putting them on their head. And I I tell parents, don't use the words, it's simple, Uh. it's easy. Don't use those words. Step back and say this. What about this is giving you a hard time? What part don't you understand? How can I explain it in a different way? Let's take a break from this right now and let's try something different. All of those communicate to them value and worth without condemnation or telling them they're lazy or they're not smart or if they just worked a little harder, um, which leads me to when we motivate our children, we have to know what their strengths are. So often, you know, some children are really naturally gifted at mathematics. And thank goodness for that, because we have to have people who are really good with numbers and spreadsheets and budgets and chain line and and all those, you know, 
blockchains. I mean, we have to have people like that, but not everybody's going to be like that. So as a mom and a dad, we have to step back and identify where are our, where are our children uniquely gifted? What strengths do they have? We have to strengthen their strengths, but then teach them to manage yes. their weaknesses. If your child really struggles with algebra, I'll give an example. <laughs> if you gave me the diagram and say X is here and Y is here, find X, I would be the person who circled X. There it is, right there on the paper. That's not what you're asking for. Um, and I know some of your listeners can relate. So <laughs> so when we, when we stop and we say, you know what, math is a real struggle for you, I, I, I can probably bet calculus isn't going to be in your future. Engineering is probably mm-hmm. not going to be in your future, but you do need to learn how to go to the grocery store and figure out how much per pound a bunch of bananas are. You do need to real. You do need to know how to manage your money, how to invest your money. You have to understand compound interest, and you have to understand the things that make you work on a day to day basis. How to how to manage a budget in a business, how to make projections. Those are skills that are fundamental to know. But differential equations, understanding the deeper levels of physics, calculus, trigonometry, those are not. So when we, when we study our children and we identify their strengths, we start to say, you know what? I see this in you. I'm going to put this stone toward the path this way, this way, this way, like you're laying a brick road, so to speak. And they're just stepping to the next thing. It's true that somebody who isn't gifted in mathematics and really just doesn't love numbers or, you know, they're not really into the scientific discovery process. They're not typically going to go into a research science field. They're not going to spend their day in a lab, and they're probably not going to be accountants or engineers. When we step back and we realize that we are motivating them and encouraging them and challenging them in the way they should go, it takes the pressure off of them. And when all they can get is a B or a C on that you know, geometry test, that's really all they can get. They've given us their best. If we hound on them, oh, no, you need to get an A. What are we doing? We're trying to make them overcome a weakness and make it their strength, and that doesn't happen. We excel at our strengths. We manage our weaknesses. And when we start to parent that way in our homeschool, our children start to thrive and their confidence grows, and they realize, I don't have to be good at everything. I have to be great at a few things. And maybe that is my communication skills. Maybe that's my ability to articulate words on a written page. Maybe it's my ability to do to understand history and dates and facts and put pieces together and understand how patterns develop over history. You know, history repeats itself. There's so many exciting opportunities for our children that we can show them by tapping into to their strengths. So we talked, so how does that relate to motivating? Well, when our child seems to realize that I have gifts in this area, they're less likely to rebel, resist, and push away from us and their academics and say, I hate school. Most of the time, children don't like school because it's hard for them. When we come along and say, you know, I, I realize this is going to be a tough subject for you. One of my daughters, um, she is really, really good at um, statistics and probability. She isn't a calculus kind of girl, but she is good with probability and outcomes. And you give her the numbers and she'll tell you the predictability of something. So for for this for my daughter, I had her take a probability and statistics yes. course. I mean, it kicked her butt. It was hard, but she loved it because it was the type of math that floated her boat. 
if I would have said, okay, you're really good at math and you're really good at science. You're just a natural learner. You could probably do anything you put your mind to. But what is the thing that you put your mind to that you excel in? Not that constantly drains your energy. And I have another daughter who is um, who is an artist. She is a creative. She brings beauty. She sees beauty in things that most people just flat out miss because they're busy crunching numbers or they're busy reading a book or they're busy mm-hmm. writing a paper. She brings life and beauty in that way. I customize as a homeschooler. You and I, you know, you, you guys know. You have the freedom to customize an education yeah. that fits that child, their learning style, Absolutely. and their strengths. Yes. So I, sorry, I was a long-winded yeah, answer. So, <laughs> so rabbit trail for just a minute, your creative daughter who brought beauty to things, what were some ways that you helped her to explore that in high school? Yes, that's a great question. Thanks. She, so what I started doing is I have, I don't have a lick of creativity in me. I can draw a stick figure and that's about it. So I, there's so many resources available to us now. I would find um, mentors that I could local, you know, I'd look for some local artists that um, she could spend some time with that could, could fuel her passion. That could give her a picture of how to do a, a portrait per se, or how to do a landscape painting or how to do photography. And I would give her the space and the freedom. And that was really important on a creative. Creatives Mm -hmm. have to have space. They have to have time to daydream. They have to have time to explore the depths of their thought. Instead of, I I love, I I don't know, true confessions. I love checklists. (laughs) I love filling up my day because I Mm -hmm. can just, I feel productive. For For my artistic creative daughter, if I did that to her, I would absolutely squash the passion and the gift that God gave her. So she had to kind of march to her own set of drums. She had to do things on her own timing. Guess what? At the end of the day, she got the exact same scholarship, the same academic scholarship. Her natural born, left brain, logical, math, science, got uh-huh. it from the first reading. She got the same academic scholarship he got because we want to communicate to our children that they are, they are smart in the way God has made them smart. They didn't miss out on the, on the smart genes because, you know, they don't like differential equations and they're not going to design a building. So with Jeannie, and it, it, I, often, I write about her in my book, with Jeannie, I just kept giving her time and encouraging her gift and strength. Jeannie, try this medium, try oil, try acrylic, try photography, experiment with lighting. And I would give her blocks of time every day to go out or whether it was. Sometimes it was writing, sometimes it was painting, sometimes it was music, because she had to figure out which medium was really going to be something she could make money in, and, you know, because she was single. She still is single, actually. How would she have, what could she do that could actually garner her a, a wage? Giving them time. When I would go to the homeschool conferences, I'd always go visit Matt Miller Pad and Paper, and her favorite thing that I could bring home from any oh. homeschool conference was sketchbooks yeah. and pencils and art supplies. Whereas the other kids, they wanted readers. No, <laughs> she just wanted to know what I got from Miller's Pad and Paper. And so, you know, Vicki, that was that was really important. And there are a lot of yes. us homeschoolers that have creative children. You know, the truth is, God has made every child creative, innovative, problem solvers. But so often we drive that out of them by the time they hit high school because we have subjects to accomplish. 
We have we have checklists to do. We have places to be. We have piano lessons to get there or violin lessons or all those other things. Then we have to get dinner and clean the kitchen and read the chapter book. And we've had we've given them no time to foster that creativity and that innovation that they are born with. And I believe as homeschoolers, we're in the unique position to fuel that flame and help them keep that creative, that creativity and that innovative spirit. And that's what that, to be honest with you, this 2020 year, I mean, we're starting a new decade. We see it happening in technology. In the next five years, many of the jobs, I think they say 80% Mm -hmm. of the jobs that exist today won't exist in a decade. Some people say in five years, but everything I'm reading from the innovation, you know, technology, advancement trends, people who are creative, who adapt quickly, who aren't afraid to try new things and experiment with new ideas and can't present them in a, in a way that uh, others can see. They can't, picture, they can't picture it because they've never seen it. When we, as homeschoolers, make the time in our day to allow our children to be creative and be innovators and problem solvers, they can really That's be what we're after in it. Yep, the world. it sure is. It sure is. That same strategy for motivation of leaning into Absolutely. the areas where you see them uniquely wired for those things, that ends up motivating them in the areas that are areas of weakness too, where they sometimes have to soldier on, even when it's difficult. You know, like you were saying, um, you, you didn't just ditch all mm-hmm. the geometry books because the proofs were hard. It was okay to get a B or a C in it if you were giving your best effort, but that doesn't mean that you just shrugged and said, oh, well, never mind geometry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we can't do that. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I was willing, but <laughs> okay, I have to give you a practical example because I want to respect your time and your listeners' time. You know, my oldest son wanted to be an NBA basketball player, and he was good. He was he was really good. Um, but the chances of him becoming that were rather slim. But as a homeschool mama, I made sure he was totally prepared for if he wanted to comp- pursue NBA, he wanted to go to college and play collegiate level ball, his NCAA paperwork was all in order and he could step into it. But here, when we talk about motivating our children, there are some strategies that I use that I want to share with your listeners. And you use it in any field, but I use it with Paul because this is a, a vivid example. Mm-hmm. Many of our kids think they want to do or become something in ninth, 10th, 11th grade, and they start to change over time. But I started telling Paul, you know, Paul, I see this in you. I see this in you. I see that you you just really devour math concepts easily or that when you read something, you have a high retention level. See, I'm breathing life to him, everything that I say. Paul, I see that you can take this math concept and, you know, yes, it takes you two pages to write one problem of your calculus, which I don't understand, but I made sure he was able to do calculus because there's so many resources out there. I said, you know, I see this in you and this is the key. And I really want your listeners to to write this down and put it like put it somewhere where you need to be reminded. How do you motivate your children? This is exactly what I would say constantly. I invite you to consider, and then whatever it is, you know, I invite you to consider that if the MBA thing doesn't turn out, that you might want to consider maybe engineering, pursuing that field. Or, you know, children want to go and do something during the teen years, and we're not necessarily in favor of it. Instead of saying no, or I said you can't, or we don't do that, or whatever it is, 
I, I invite mm-hmm. you to consider this. And then tell them what you want them to consider. Why does that matter? And why is it so powerful? Because children are trying to become who they are made to be. They're trying to figure out who they are. And when you invite them to consider, that's a very kind way of saying, we kind of want this. We're steering you. Mm -hmm. We're not pushing you. Mm -hmm. We're not guiding you. I mean, we're not pushing you or shoving you or dragging you. We're guiding you. And when you consider this, then lay out the whys. Why why should I consider that? Why should I consider not having that particular person as a friend? Why should I consider not wearing that particular outfit? (laughs) Um, Why should I consider, you know, not wanting to quit when it's hard? Or why should I consider keep playing basketball or soccer or whatever sport it is, even though you're sitting and all you're doing is warming the bench? Why do I want you to consider that? What is it about them pursuing that that is either a character development or a personal, the the ability to stick to something, to be discerning, to be determined, to be persevering? Where is it helping them polish those rough edges in their own life that when you give them the opportunity to consider it, then they're able to go back in the private time of their laying in their room or doing another subject or, you know, you're out and about right. your words are giving them freedom to make the right next decision. Beautiful. Very good. Well, that's a, a good place to kind of segue into Connie. How do people connect with you and the, the kind of give a uh, introduction to your book in case they missed it on the last interview we had with you? Yes, it's Parenting Beyond the Rules, Raising Teens with Confidence and Joy. You know, teens struggle with confidence and joy, and parents struggle with confidence and joy. So it's kind of a two-pronged approach. But I, I, I wrote that book because I want parents to understand the homeschooling, the high, the high school, the middle school years, the hormones are raging, they're changing, you're changing. Sometimes our own, home, our own hormones are changing. Um, how do we navigate all of that? How do we motivate our children so they want to do what we're asking them to do without us just kind of being the hammer saying, no, you can't do it. And there is times we do that. But you can find me at ConnieOpers.com on all the social media platforms, Connie Oppers on Facebook, uh, Connie Oppers on Instagram, and uh, Twitter is Connie L. Albers and on Pinterest. So I love connecting with people. I speak at conferences around the country. So if you happen to attend any of those, please come up and tell me you've listened to this podcast and um, what it what it meant to you and how it helped you. I love hearing about your stories, as Sabrina mentioned earlier. I love hearing about the stories of how your family has grown and changed and some of the struggles even that you've gone to. Because all three of us ladies, and we'd probably be the first to say, we've had our you know, we've had our fair share of um, mistakes and turning left when we should have turned right. And, you know, things we've learned along the way. And if we can help you, which is, you know, why you listen to Seven Sisters, if if we can help you make and avoid some common pitfalls so that you can, you know, you're going to make your own mistakes, trust me. But if we can help you navigate those years where you come out on the other side with stronger relationships and a stronger family, that's really the goal. Uh, we want you to be living a life that God has called you to live. And we want your families to be strong and not just to survive. Very good. Yeah, we encourage you to to create community where you are, too. I mean, we're, we're sitting in one state and Connie's sitting in another state, but we're connected because we have spent time getting to know one another. So first um, on, on the Internet and then in real life at conferences and then following up after that. 
because we really do well when we learn from one another, when we listen to each other's stories, when we encourage one another. Um, community is just such a valuable mm-hmm. thing. And while we as big sisters would like to be turning and, and looking back to those of you who are still in the trenches um, and, and encouraging you there, we also want you to reach out your hands and encourage each other mm-hmm. and look for ways to, um, to build into each other's homeschools and families. It's a really cool thing the way God put us all connected to one another. Yeah. So Connie, thank you for being a part of our world and a part of our podcast and by extension, a part of all of our Seventh Sisters homeschools. And we really thank you for being on the episode. Thank you for having me. It was a delight to be with you again.